Wearing masks has become part of our new norm, and the demand is high for effective, safe materials and sanitation methods. A Southwest Research Institute team is joining the effort, pivoting from engine emissions to face coverings. That's next on this episode of Technology Today. We live with technology, science, engineering, and the results of innovative research every day. Now, let's understand it better. You're listening to the Technology Today podcast presented by Southwest Research Institute. Hello and welcome to Technology Today. I'm Lisa Benya. Many of us continue to work from home this month, so we are recording this episode by phone. Our guest today is Dr. Imad Khalik, an SWRI engineer and senior program manager. It's really interesting how his team is responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. He leads the Southwest Research Institute Particle Emissions Laboratory. It is the only facility fully accredited by the American Association for Laboratory Accreditation to calibrate equipment to ISO 17025 standards. We'll explain what that means in a moment. Now, this lab usually focuses on engine emissions. Now they are shifting gears and testing mask materials to make sure they are safe and effective for healthcare workers and eventually for the general public. Thank you for speaking with us today, Imad. So, Imad, we hear so much these days about businesses pivoting, manufacturing new items to respond to the pandemic, and some of them even expanding services to meet the need that COVID-19 has created. And your particle lab is doing the same thing Tell us how your team is shifting gears to test masks. Yes, uh, we started this about eight weeks ago, and the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that led to a massive shortage in masks uh, in the United States have enticed many organizations and individuals to start making their own uh, masks. One of the challenges uh, is to ensure uh, good filtration efficiency and flow uh, resistance uh, of, uh, of of these masks, we felt that we have the capability and uh, knowledge uh, to help in this area and start offering our services uh, in these two uh, key uh, areas. Okay, so you mentioned particle filtration and flow resistance. Can you explain those terms for us? Yes. Uh, when you when you design a mask, it's 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 very critical that this mask is uh, highly protected uh, against uh, particles that uh, either viruses are, are riding on them, or they are bioaerosol. Uh, so, in order to have a, a, a good mask, uh, you need to ensure that that mask filter uh, these these particles properly uh, to protect you. Uh, when you are wearing them. In addition to that, you need to be able to breathe through that mask, uh, inhalation or uh, exhalation. Uh, otherwise, it will make it difficult uh, for uh, for breathing. Uh, so there is also a criteria on uh, what's called flow resistance or pressure drop uh, to ensure that the mask that you wear uh, is uh, you can breathe through. So two parts to testing these masks, one, that they can block out particles, and two, that these materials still allow the user to breathe properly. So your lab was testing for engine emissions, and now 
you've shifted to these mask materials. So how did this pivot come about? Yes, it it uh, it it was a, uh, a it wasn't an easy uh, transition. Uh, we had to new, do a new experimental setup, and we had to read quite a bit about uh, mask testing and the requirement needed uh, to be accomplished in the in the laboratory in order to do a proper work in in this area. Uh, because this is a, a, a public health issue, uh, it's very critical to uh, get the uh, data right and the number right. Uh, otherwise, you will be giving a, uh, a, uh, a wrong uh, filtration efficiency or inaccurate uh, pressure drop, and uh, this can actually have a, a crucial consequences uh, on those who would be eventually wearing those masks. Right. When health is on the line, you've got to get it right. No room for error. Tell me about your work with engine emissions and how that carried over to testing mask materials. Yes. So uh, in uh, my focus in engine emissions uh, is on uh, sub-1 micrometer uh, particles that are emitted to the atmosphere. And those go all the way down to uh, nanoparticles as small as 10 nanometer. So even in the engine emission uh, arena, we cover uh, particle emissions uh, in, the, in the size range between 10 nanometer and 1,000 uh, nanometer. We have lots of experience in this area uh, in terms of uh, particle mass emissions. And recently, uh, there has been uh, particle number emissions uh, based on the number of particles that are inhaled by individuals. Uh, these particles are small. Uh, they can actually penetrate deep to the lung, and uh, research show that they can enter the bloodstream and can be found in various uh, organs uh, within uh, the body. What's interesting is when you look at a, uh, an internal combustion uh, engine uh, emission particles, uh, their uh, their size uh, or their mean diameter can be uh, on the order of 70 nanometer to 100 nanometer, uh, and that actually can move either down or slightly up. And what's interesting is the COVID-19 uh, uh, virus has a size range uh, that is very similar to uh, combustion sources uh, particles uh, in the 70 nanometer to 120 uh, nanometer uh, size range. Uh, so that's actually a, uh, uh, th this is one of the things that, that uh, we can uh, apply uh, in uh, particle uh, emissions from combustion sources to uh, viruses and, uh, and, uh, and to a certain degree bacteria that have similar size range to that of particles emitted from combustion sources. So who was the first to connect the dots here that that the engine emission particles are very similar to the virus particles and that your lab would be able to facilitate and help frontline healthcare workers with mask needs? Who kind of got that ball rolling? Yes, I have a, uh, a good colleague of mine uh, from freshman physics, uh, and he works for... Uh, uh, the U.S. EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, and he was uh, he was approached uh, about uh, the possibility of 
being able to test filters or uh, evaluate filters, mask filters. And uh, the first person who thought of about is uh, was me. Uh, we've known each other, as I mentioned to you, uh, since freshman physics at the uh, at the University of uh, of Minnesota. And then we can uh, we get connected uh, uh, that way. Uh, at the same time, uh, we get requests from our uh, Division One, uh, the uh, chemistry and chemical engineering division, uh, that we have some requests from the uh, university health system uh, for also evaluating uh, mask material. And from there, the ball rolls uh, into, uh, into into the process. So then you're pretty well known for your particle lab capabilities in, in science circles, I imagine. Um, as I mentioned, this particle lab is the only facility fully accredited by the American Association for Laboratory Accreditation. That's also known as the A2LA, I believe, to calibrate yeah. equipment to ISO 17 zero twenty five standard. So I think that's a good it's a good time to go over that. What does that mean? Yes. Uh so the we we use for if you focus on mask uh or masks uh in order to properly evaluate a uh, filter material uh you need to generate uh particles uh typically uh, they are all either sodium chloride particles or other uh, particles that we can generate. And those particles need to be uh, within a specific size distribution uh, range. Now, in order to determine their size distribution, uh, you need to use a, an instrument that measures that size distribution. Uh, the instrument that measures the size distribution, uh, this is something that we calibrate according to ISO 17025 uh, standard. What that means is that there is a rigorous process in the, uh, in the, in the calibration and accuracy of that uh, device that is typically is not checked by, uh, you know, a regular uh, la- laboratory. There is also an audit process where, the, uh, uh, where a party from the uh, A2LA, uh, the American Association for Laboratory Accreditation, uh, come to our facility and rigorously go through the uh, calibration process line by line to ensure that we are uh, absolutely doing the right thing to produce good quality results. In addition to the size distribution measurement, then you need to uh, measure the uh, number of particles uh, that you measure upstream and downstream of uh, filter material. And uh, we also accredited to calibrate uh, these particle counters, and uh, also that ensure that uh, the counters are accurate and non-biased. And the combination of the two will lead to a very high quality uh, results in reporting uh, filtration efficiency, which is very, very important, especially in the public health uh, setting, where you're identifying this mask to be a either a good mask or a bad mask, or whether it meets the standard or doesn't meet the standard. And uh, getting that accurately is is very important. Okay, and this accreditation means that you are um, able to reach this incredibly high level of accuracy. That's correct. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I want to touch base on who you are working with uh, on this effort. You are testing mass materials and you are getting the request um, to, rec- to test these materials often these days. So who is, uh, who is asking for these services right now? Yeah, it, it's been tremendous for the last uh, you know, eight weeks. We have several uh, organizations that, that we work with. Uh, and I will name actually several of those. Uh, we first start working with uh, Whirlpool and Eaton uh, in their uh, decontamination efforts uh, to decontaminate uh, uh, N95 uh, masks using essentially uh, dry heat or, or uh, humidified uh, steam to decontaminate the mask. And uh, that way, uh, after decontamination, one can use that same mask multiple times without worrying uh, whether or not there are uh, viruses and bacteria on its surfaces, uh, because this decontamination method uh, kills both viruses and uh, and bacteria. Uh, My understanding is is, is little pool is 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 donating organs uh, to. uh, for for this process, and also they are using our data to uh, to uh, for for FDA clearance on on, on this effort. We've also worked with the uh, San Antonio University Health System, uh, identifying the right mask filter material uh, that perform better than the minimum requirement uh, of an N95 uh, on filtration efficiency and flow resistance. And we were able to identify uh, a one or two uh, filter media combination that uh, that fulfilled that purpose for uh, university health system. Uh, uh, we have also identified filter media for uh, Wellspan House in Pennsylvania that resulted in a 99% filtration efficiency and uh, acceptable uh, flow resistance. It is also my understanding that Wellspan is planning to produce uh, over uh, 250,000 masks or more uh, uh, based on the uh, results that that we obtain uh, for them. We also work with other companies like Filter System, uh, Air International Thermal System, and also we work with uh, Tesla uh, on the potential uh, development of uh, N95 masks. We also tested some uh, filter materials uh, for for them uh, to move forward with that process. In addition to that, we we work with the uh, city of San Antonio uh, for testing KN95 masks. Uh, those are actually are both from uh, China, and there are a lot of controversy uh, around uh, KN95 masks. Whether they 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 meet the standard, they don't meet the standard. So we end up validating uh, those for the uh, city of San Antonio. So there are definitely a lot of big names and organizations relying on your data. And so it's a couple of things you're doing here. You are making sure that these masks can hold up after really rigorous, intense cleaning methods. And then you're also exploring new materials to see which ones are work best. Is, am I getting that right? Yes, that's 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 correct. What have you found as far as materials go? Is there a um, new material emerging 
in strength and, and reliability for frontline workers? There, there are, there, uh, you know, the, the shortage, uh, the 3M companies like 3M and Honeywell and, and, and others, uh, they've been producing uh, masks for a very long time. And uh, there has been, as, as you know, a tremendous uh, shortage in that process. And this is what triggered hospitals and many uh, health facilities to uh, look for alternatives uh, because it's better to wear something than uh, wearing nothing, uh, essentially. And uh, so, in, in 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 that in that process, yes, there has been some identification of uh, of of material. Some of those materials are derived from uh, the air conditioning uh, filtration system that's typically used in uh, in residential uh, homes. Uh, some other materials uh, are coming from uh, from clothing uh, uh, products and 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 other of that uh, of that of that likes. That's been pretty pretty interesting there. Yeah, a lot of um, I'm sure a lot of interesting results emerging. So here's the part I love about what you're doing. This is essentially a community service. You're not charging these companies and hospitals to do this work, no matter how big they are. So how did you reach the decision to do this pro bono and why? Yes, again, uh, you know, eight weeks ago, uh, with all these uh, uh, requests that start uh, emerging, uh, and that was in the height of the crisis, uh, we felt that uh, providing this work uh, pro bono to, uh, to, to the community was a critical part of, uh, of, of Southwest Research uh, uh, mission. Uh, after all, uh, you know, the mission is really to serve the, uh, the public interest. And uh, I discussed this with uh, Institute Management, and, uh, and they were extremely supportive uh, of, uh, of our effort uh, during this time uh, to help. It was basically just a matter of contributing to the greater good, it sounds like. Absolutely, yes. And had the SWRI Particle Lab ever been used for other types of testing besides engine emissions before? No, we've been very busy with, uh, with, with, uh, with engine emissions, and there are a lot of developments uh, in that uh, arena. And... Uh, Pretty much 99% of the activities that we've been doing uh, in the particle laboratory were targeting uh, engine emission-related activities. So this is the first time where we completely divert resources uh, to be able to test uh, for, for uh, mass filter material. So you've shifted gears now. It's been several weeks. Any surprise findings? What have you learned about mass safety since you started exploring this area? That's an excellent question, actually, and I'm going to probably uh, elaborate on, on, on this, say, a little bit. Well, one of the things that people talk about is N95 masks. Uh, and what N95 uh, means, besides some other uh, elements, I'm going to focus on two things. One is the uh, filtration efficiency of the mask and also its flow resistance. And then an N95 mask uh, means that it will uh, filter out uh, 95, at least 95% of the uh, of the particles that are 
uh, coming in uh, with a, uh, a flow resistance and pressure drop that is uh, that is easy to breathe uh, to breathe through. And uh, so, uh, when you look at uh, commercially available uh, masks, uh, one of the surprises that that I saw that uh, those are not simply uh, 95% efficient. Uh, the masks actually were 99% efficient and 99.5% uh, efficient when it comes to filtration. So they, uh, they they beat really the standard by by, by a long uh, by a long shot, and it's very difficult. Uh, and this makes it very difficult to match the performance of uh, of commercially available masks, especially from the lead. Uh, suppliers here in the uh, in the United States. Now, when when you dig deeper into the the, the, the process, uh, uh, this is eliminating a lot of potentially good material from being called an N95 mask because this uh, uh, stringency in, in in performance. And one of the uh, requirements. Uh, for the uh, to test the performance of N95 mask is to test it at a flow rate of 85 liters per minute, uh, essentially mimicking an individual that is breathing uh, or inhaling at 85 liters per minute. Now, when I looked at the subject of uh, of, of inhalation, and uh, I realized that a, a typical person. Uh, or the lung capacity of a, of a typical person is about 0.5 liters. And when a person is at rest, uh, they breathe around 7 to 8 uh, liters per minute. So they breathe way much less than the requirement that those masks uh, were, were tested at. And even if we assume that the person now is moving uh, and uh, the activities is increasing, that flow rate can go up to 15, 20, 25 liters per minute, but it's not going to reach uh, 85 liters per minute. And in the testing that I performed, uh, a lot of filter materials failed the N95 criteria, uh, mainly because of the high flow rate. So uh, one, of, one of the things that I start thinking about is uh, in, instead of uh, having N95 uh, filters across the board, that they would meet the 85 liters per minute, uh, maybe uh, in order to uh, to facilitate a lot of filter materials to be used and protect uh, essentially the the health uh, worker. Uh, why don't we uh, start uh, having a procedure uh, where, in addition to the 95 percent efficiency like N95. Uh, we call those filters N95-85. 85 means the, the flow rate. Then we start categorizing them uh, by saying that this particular mask is an N95-60, N95-40, N95-20, and uh, and uh, it will be applicable for different, essentially, uh, a flow rate. So if you are in a, in, a, in a hospital or a nursing home or, or some other uh, areas, and if the N95-20 is suitable for your application, uh, then, then you can use it. Uh, if the N95-40 is suitable for your application, then also you can use it. 
And what this does, it opens up the possibility of having a, a, a lot of uh, mask material that could be produced in the United States. And it can actually protect the, uh, the frontliners and, uh, and the health um, uh, activities in different, in different capacity. And then you can preserve those very high uh, efficient masks that requires a high flow rate to a specific uh, areas of, uh, of, of activities. Uh, I think, uh, I feel pretty strongly about this. Maybe this may, may create some, uh, some controversy or, or, or things of that nature, but this is one of the kind of key uh, elements that, that really I derived and learned uh, from, uh, from, from doing this work. Yeah, really interesting. So, you're basically saying we don't have to rule out all these materials. There are plenty of materials that that can protect a person's health at a very high level. At this point, they're being ruled out because they don't meet this 85 um, is it liters per minute uh, air rate, but we can go lower and um, still be just as protected. So that's interesting. That is a it's, that's an interesting finding. And how far are you from maybe developing this system? Have you, or have you started the process of developing this system? Well, we, we, we definitely have the capability to, to, to report uh, on, on uh, filtration efficiency of mask material at, at, at different flow rate, uh, simulating the different uh, breathing rate, uh, whether it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, uh, whatever it is, anything 85 or lower, or even 100 uh, or, or, or lower, and uh, that can create really a, a very interesting uh, option uh, for those uh, health authorities that are making the decision on what type of of, of mask is acceptable for their uh, for their application. Uh, it would be good to have this uh, in, in in the marketplace. And we will let the proper people to choose the proper criteria uh, in which by they want to get uh, their mask for for their uh, hospital or workers or uh, whatever 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 uh, uh, the mask are needed uh, are needed for. Okay, so we'll we'll be um, keeping an eye on this and, and see what develops. So that's interesting. Okay, so you are really involved now in this process of, of testing these mask materials. So I want to ask you if you have any tips for our audience for making a safe mask at home. A lot of us have been told to grab a bandana or we're seeing tutorials online about making masks out of T-shirts. Uh, what do you recommend for those of us who don't have access to these, uh, these materials that hospital workers have access to? Yeah, I want to make sure that the uh, the public doesn't have like a, a a false positive in feeling good about wearing shorts and things. Uh, bandana, for example, uh, it, uh, it it it's better than nothing, but it's not going to protect uh, really uh, uh, an individual from uh, potentially inhaling the, uh, the 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 virus if there are if they are in an environment where the virus is in the form of a bioaerosol. Uh, typically, as a bioaerosol, their size is small. 
uh, it, it will see the bandana as a football field and uh, opening, and it won't even know that there is anything to obstruct it. So, so it can go, it can go through. Uh, I think I think people, uh, everybody uh, can go to Walmart or HEB or, uh, or or Lewis or Home Depot uh, or buy uh, a, uh, a filtration for residential use. Uh, they can easily cut those, uh, insert it inside the bandana, and uh, and, and and use it. It will definitely help. Uh, it will definitely provide some level of protection. Uh, if you can afford the uh, the more expensive uh, filters uh, for uh, for air, the air, for your air conditioner at home, uh, you can also cut those, and those even provide you with uh, with, with, with higher protection. So there are easy ways where you know each one of us at home. Uh, can put together a, a bandana and can cut a, uh, a, a filter from an, an air conditioner uh, filtration system and insert it inside, and definitely that is going to be a tremendous uh, help uh, versus the bandana on its own. So that's okay. kind of my two cents uh, tip to the public on that front. Yeah, well, we trust you. You're you're the guy to ask about this. You're doing all the testing, so yeah, because you know we're hearing so many mixed messages about how we should approach this. And so, the bottom line is, it it's going to work best if you can grab one of those air conditioner filters, cut it to size, and use it, then insert it within your face covering. Okay, great to know. So, how do you feel about playing a role in keeping people safe during the pandemic, especially our frontline? Healthcare workers, what do you, what are you enjoying about this new role you found? Well, I mean, this is uh, this this has been incredible. This is uh, really a, a a great honor and privilege uh, to be able to help uh, during this once in a lifetime uh, pandemic. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, it, it brings to uh, to to me and to the team. Uh, a great satisfaction and excitement uh, that that we are able uh, to help and uh, make make a difference during this uh, uh, this unbelievable time. Yeah, certainly making a difference for so many out there who need you and need your expertise. So I want to say great work, Imad, to you and your team. I applaud you for seeing this need and really just jumping in to help with these very specialized capabilities. Not just anyone could have responded to this particular need. So thank you. And thank you for joining us today and shedding light on this area. You know, we hear so much about um, masks right now, and it's just reassuring to know uh, that you're on the case. Yeah. Thank you for uh, interviewing me. And I hope that uh, this would uh, would be enjoyable by uh, by others. Thank you. Our segments, Breakthroughs, and Ask Us Anything are on hold for now. We'll be back in our podcast studio as soon as possible. That wraps up this episode of Technology Today. Subscribe to the Technology Today podcast to hear in-depth conversations with the people changing our world and beyond through science, engineering, research, and technology. Connect with Southwest Research Institute on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out the Technology Today magazine at technologytoday.swri.org. 
And now is a great time to become an SWRI problem solver. Visit our career page at swri.jobs. Ian McKinney and Brian Ortiz are the podcast audio engineers and editors. I am producer and host, Lisa Benya. Stay safe and thanks for listening. 